Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. If this is your first semester seeing patients, there's a lot going on. Talking on the phone for some of you may still be an elementary skill. Let's face it, we are in the age where texting has become the conversation of norm. And so a lot of us do not have the phone skills that are required to do things like confirm appointments or call a doctor's office in order to obtain additional information. Some of us may have never even left a message on an answering machine at a patient's home phone or their cell phone. So confirming an appointment might be something that might be anxiety provoking for you or a little bit scary. I want you to know that this is normal. And in today's day where most of us communicate mostly through text messaging, text messaging is not necessarily a confirmation with a patient and it doesn't rise to the level of professionalism that we would like to use in our clinics when we're talking with our patients. So for some of you, this might be really challenging to have phone conversations with your patients. So in this episode, I'm going to give you some examples of way to conduct yourself, things to say, how to say those things to patients, so that you're able to put your best foot forward and sound very professional and articulate on the phone with your patient, whether or not you're speaking directly to them or you're leaving a message on their machine. There are many good habits that you can develop early in your career as a dental hygiene student to learn how to decrease the chances of you being without a patient and increase your efficiency during your appointments. The first thing you wanted to is project a positive attitude when you are speaking with patients or potential patients. Remember, you want to have them want to meet you. So putting your best foot forward and speaking in a very pleasant tone with a positive attitude will really reassure the patient that you are the right student for them to see. First impressions cannot be changed, so you need to have pride in your education and confidence in your skills. Make the patient feel comfortable as though the treatment that you are providing them will be a benefit to them, not the other way around. Oftentimes, students make the mistake of thinking that the patients are doing them a favor. You don't want to make the patient feel that way. You have value in what you do. And I hear so many say that I need this requirement, so please. And even more students go so far as to pay for the treatment for their patient. I think this is a big mistake. You need to put a little bit more value in your skills and a lot more value in what you're providing and convey this in a way to the patient that makes them eager to come in to help themselves. As a side benefit, they're helping you meet your needs of your requirements. This is a side benefit for you, but don't lose sight of the services that you're providing. And I think for students, sometimes you guys forget how much knowledge you have and how much you are helping the patients. You wanna make sure as a general rule, 
that your confirmation calls to patients are at least two business days before the appointment. This allows the patient to make accommodations that they need, and it also reminds them in a timely fashion in order to be able to schedule change or provide you, the student, a little heads up if you need to find another patient, if that patient decides that that appointment time will not work for them. Now, before you call to confirm your patient's appointment, it's really important for you to review the medical dental screening form or the previous medical history and the radiographic needs of your patient, especially if this is a client or patient of record that's been coming for a while. Use this information to your benefit. Being prepared goes a long way at making you sound professional on the phone when you meet the patient. Now, you also want to take the time and be prepared to inquire about medical conditions that may alter the treatment or require things like pre-medication. In other words, plan ahead and critically think about the information that may be needed from the patient in order to prevent delays in treatment on the day of the appointment. Remember, it's all about planning so that you are efficient as you can be during your clinical time. Now, when you call a patient to schedule or to confirm their appointments, maintain a professional and ethical demeanor at all times during the interaction with the patient. The most important thing you need to do when you first call a patient is to identify who you are first in the conversation by stating your name and then the clinic that you're working in, the dental hygiene clinic. And an example is to always start the conversation with who you are and where you're from. This is particularly important when you are leaving a message that you need to record, and that can be scary for some students, leaving a message on an answering machine. Let me give you some examples. When we call a patient and we say, I look forward to seeing you this Thursday in my schedule at one o'clock, and they say, great, I can't wait to see you, it goes pretty smooth. I'm giving you an example. I want you to just listen in on a typical scenario of a patient sometimes trying to cancel an appointment. Reminding your patient of the value of the time scheduled for the appointment will sometimes help change their mind. Listen into this scenario. Hi, Mrs. Centrella, this is Billy. I'm calling from the NHTI Dental Hygiene Clinic just to confirm our scheduled time together for this Thursday at 1 p.m. I look forward to seeing you. Oh, I thought you said the appointment was for next Thursday. Oh, I'm so sorry. There was some kind of confusion or miscommunication, but I do have you down for a reserved appointment on this Thursday at one o'clock. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to get back to you. I, I, think, um, I think that I'm, my dog has a vet appointment that this Thursday. Oh, I apologize for this confusion. In my schedule, I have reserved this time on this Thursday at 1 p.m. I'm concerned about a delay in your treatment or postponing and not having enough time to complete your care. Is it possible that you could make arrangements to be here this Thursday at one o'clock? You know, I, I could reschedule my dog's vet appointment. I don't know how I had the appointment on the wrong day. I can do this. I can, you know what? I can do this Thursday. I really want to finish the treatment. Oh, that is fabulous news. I will be ready and waiting for you. We'll make okay. it happen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Billy. All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Another additional thing that's really important to mention 
is that you need to record all of your conversations and messages within the patient's record. Things like, I left a message on the answer machine at the patient's home phone number and the cell phone number to confirm their appointment for a specific date and time. Or you could write confirmed appointment with the patient and note the date and time that you did this. This documentation is just as important as the actual phone call and will really help paint a picture of the communication process between you and your patient. Now, if after several attempts, you're unable to contact your patient for any reason, maybe the patient has moved or the phone number doesn't work or it's an inaccurate number or the number's been disconnected or the patient indicates that they no longer want to be seen in our clinic, you want to make sure that the front office understands that and that they're aware of this before discontinuing care with that patient. We want to do what's called closing the loop on every single patient chart, and that is our responsibility and duty to do so. This is why you need to document your attempts to contact patients and document the needs in the patient record as soon as possible, as well as any information that the patient shares with you. If your patient decides that they no longer want to be a patient of record at the clinic, that needs to be documented and there's proper paperwork that needs to go in that patient's chart in order to inactivate them. Now your management skills in a clinic where you're seeing patients for the first time are so important and you all start off at different levels. There's personal appointment management skills that you need to develop in order to be successful in your clinical semesters where you are responsible for patient care. It's a little different than when you have your preclinical rotation where you show up, as stressful as it is, you show up at your clinicals and you perform skill evaluations and you are graded on proficiencies and skill development. This is a little different when you are now involved in patient care because you are responsible for so much more in the appointment process and the clinical experience as what goes on. It's all about getting yourself organized and staying organized so that you can manage all of your different requirements as well as the patients that you're seeing. So I just wanna insert a little bit of advice here right in the middle of this podcast for you. So there's suggestions that have been put forth by the faculty to help you be successful during these clinics where you are responsible for patient care and you're also responsible for meeting your requirements. Get yourself a personal appointment book and a blank appointment slip to carry on you at all times. Enter all of the highlighted appointments that are in your clinic schedule put out by your faculty. Enter all your non-patient days, and all of this will go right in your personal appointment book. Enter all your non-patient days, and then enter the holidays, or maybe days that the school is not open, days that you are having a workshop in clinic, Enter your radiology rotations if that um, includes you. And enter all of your screening dates within your notebook, in your personal appointment book. This will go a long way at helping you get and stay organized. Now, faculty recommend that you leave three or four of your patient days reserved or open for any last minute requirement needs at the end of each grading period. And this will really go a long way at helping you meet your needs for the semester. We always ask that you require, we always ask that you reserve your family and friends for last minute cancellations. These are your plan B people. 
A lot of students make the mistake of booking their family and friends, and then they rely on strangers for those plan B stressful moments, and they are stressful. And we all know that when you have a plan B need or no one in your chair, the family is the person that's going to go out of their way to be the best resource for you in order to make a schedule change and meet your needs. Have a backup plan. And then as we say, have a backup plan for your backup plan. The other general rule that you should abide by, and this is true when you get out into the field, is to wait 20 minutes before you try to create a plan B. Give your patient that 20 minute buffer to show up for the appointment before you start seeking or scheduling another patient to come in. Consider seeking the help of your clinical advisor to help you complete your personal appointment book and map out your semester. Especially if you've never done this before. If this is your clinic too, and this is the first time you're seeing patients, it's really tough to navigate and it's a big leap getting organized in order to do this. It's also a little bit challenging to figure out how to fit your requirement needs in with each of the patients. It's important for you to look at what requirements are due, when they're due, and then start thinking about which patients you want to do those requirements on so that in case you have a day where you're just having an off day or a patient doesn't show up, you have a plan B for your requirements as well. All right. Now that we've talked about getting yourself organized with your personal appointment plan, let's do some scenarios to help you acquire and schedule a patient for dental hygiene services. Some of you have never talked on the phone in a professional way, and some of you are probably really scared to leave a message, right? Because we are texters at this point in our lives. So here's a scenario, scenario number one. If you're referring to the call list book section of the recare patients, so you're looking at recare patients to come into your schedule. Now, this would be the easiest way to find a patient in order to fill your, your open appointment slot. Now, think about it. If they are a recare patient, they've already called and requested another appointment with a student in the clinic because they've already been here, right? They're a recare patient. They want to see you. So this is how your dialogue should go when you call them. Hello, is this Avery? My name is Mary Smith, and I'm a student here at NHTI working toward my degree in dental hygiene. I was reviewing our call book, and I see that you called and asked that we let you know when we have some openings available. I see that you called. I had a change in my schedule for a specific date and time. When I saw the change in my schedule, I thought of you, and I thought that would be a good day for you. Would you be available for that date and time? Now, if the patient agrees that they can come in on that date and time as a recare patient, this could be a typical response. Wonderful. I will update my appointment schedule. I am looking so forward to meeting you and seeing you on such and such a date and time. I'm so glad that we connected on the phone today. You could always ask if your patient needs to have things updated, you could ask them if they have time right now for you to continue with the protocol by asking them further questions, or if there's another time that you could call them back. Let's do another scenario. You refer to the call list book section of new patients who are potential patients but not yet screened. And this requires a little bit more practice with favorable telephone skills 
due to the length of the appointment and the fact that the patient is unfamiliar with the clinic. It's important that the patient is clear about what they should expect during the appointment. And since they've never been to our clinic, they are not clear. And so this is your responsibility. You wanna make sure that the patient knows not only how to get to the clinic, but that they will be scheduled for up to three hours. And especially because they are a new patient, you wanna let them know about our process. Keep in mind though, these people have called because they want to be seen. They want to see you. So this is how the scenario should go. Hello, Mrs. Avery. My name is Mary Smith, and I'm a student here at NHTI working toward my degree in dental hygiene. In reviewing our call list book, I see that you've called and asked that we let you know when we have some openings available. As luck would have it, I have had a change in my schedule for such and such a date. When I saw the change in that schedule, I thought of you and I thought you may be available for that day and time. It is important that I tell you that you will be scheduled for approximately three hours for the screening appointment during your first visit for your initial screening consultation appointment. We will require that you fill out some paperwork and I will perform a general evaluation of your teeth and gums that determines your individual hygiene needs. If you are a candidate for our program, we will schedule you based on this screening and consultation appointment. Just so you know ahead of time, we are a learning institution, so it may take several appointments to complete your treatment. Do you have any questions for me? Would you like me to place you in my appointment schedule for that day? Do you see how this scenario provides you with the information that you need, but also gives the patient a heads up on what they are committing to? This is really just as a general rule, really good practice when you're talking on the phone. Make sure that the patient is aware of what they're scheduling. Your focus should be on letting the patient know what they're committing to, what the requirements are for them, and what the expectations are. Okay, let's do one more scenario. You have a total stranger not familiar with the program who you have met face-to-face. If all else fails and you can't schedule anyone from the call book, it's advised that you would walk around campus and ask somebody, or ask a total stranger. And I know some of you have reached out on social media to find a patient. So this approach would be used for a patient like this. You wanna first introduce yourself and then briefly explain the reason that you've approached this person. Hello, my name is Mary Smith and I'm a student on campus here or I'm a a student at NHGI working toward my degree in dental hygiene. I'm working today in the clinic and I'm looking for someone who would like to have an overall dental assessment and dental cleaning. This would involve approximately three hours today. During your visit for your initial assessment, we would require you to fill out some paperwork and we'll perform a general evaluation of your teeth and gums and then make a determination of your particular hygiene needs. Might this interest you? Now, if the patient agrees, your response could go something like this. Great. The opening in my schedule is today. I'd be happy to schedule your appointment and look forward to seeing you today. Yeah, later today. I'm a desperate dental hygiene student. Did I mention that? Now, hopefully not in this moment. And you can see that in this moment that the stress comes out and you start losing the value that you're providing and almost becoming a little bit desperate in the need to fill your schedule. 
you can definitely stress the urgency in your need for a patient and that you would be very grateful for this patient to fulfill that need. And you recognize and realize that this is a last minute situation and that you really appreciate it. Or maybe that the universe has brought you together because you need a patient and they need care. So let's go over some how to say it because there's definitely different ways to say certain things to strangers that you are welcoming into the clinic. So when you go out to the reception area to get your patient, hi, follow me is not something you wanna say. Instead, hello, you must be Mrs. Avery. My name is Mary. I spoke with you on the telephone. Welcome to our clinic. And do you see the difference between those two scenarios? It's so easy for us to close ourselves off when we feel a little bit uncomfortable. I am challenging you to stretch yourself outside your comfort zone when you're meeting a new person and really just give it your all. Some things are going to feel awkward when you say it, but I promise you, you will convey yourself in a very authentic way and your patient will feel very trusted and cared for. How about when you are scheduling a continuing care appointment? So you've seen the patient for a screening appointment and first assessment, and now you're making them another appointment. Don't say, you need another appointment. When do you want to come in? You need to give a little bit more guidance. That's just not the way to work it. What you could say is, I need to see you again for another appointment of approximately three hours. Are mornings or afternoons best? So do you see how by changing them gives the patient a little bit more information and reminds them what they're committing to and shortens up the available times because you know that you are only available in one morning or one afternoon, most likely for this patient. When you're presenting a patient with an appointment card, don't say, see you next time. What you should say instead is, I have reserved my time for you on this document. I look forward to seeing you at that appointment. When you're confirming an appointment with a patient, don't say, hi, Avery, this is Mary. I'm calling to remind you of your appointment with me. Instead, Avery, this is Mary from NHGI's Dental Clinic. I look forward to seeing you the day after tomorrow, Thursday at 8.30 a.m. If a patient cancels their appointment, don't say, that's okay, because it's not. Instead of saying, that's okay, I'm so sorry to hear about your dilemma. However, I have reserved this time exclusively for you, and I'm concerned that your necessary services will not be completed without keeping this scheduled appointment. My appointment book has become quite full, and it will be difficult for me to reschedule this series of appointments. Are you sure you can't be here? This provides another opportunity for the patient to consider the side effects of canceling their appointment. Now, it is a little bit different if you have an emergency situation or bad weather. So if there's a sick family member and your patient calls you and tells you this, this is a little bit different how you handle it. You can say, don't say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mrs. Avery, I understand that emergencies come up. Continuing your care is very important. I need to see you again for another appointment of approximately three hours. Our mornings or afternoons best. I understand emergencies come up and I'm sorry this has happened. Do you see how you take the reason for the change of schedule off the patient and onto the emergency or the weather, but you still remind them of the consequences of their care. 
Let's go over a scenario of rescheduling a patient who arrives too late to be seen. Don't say, that's okay, you know you're late, we have to reschedule. What you could say is, Mrs. Avery, thank goodness you're okay. Wait right here and let me see what I can do. I discussed this with my clinical instructor and we feel that in order to give you the quality of care that you deserve, I will need to reschedule your appointment. Now, if a patient has many broken appointments or changed appointments, discuss this with the front office manager or your coordinator. They will provide you with additional support for this. You just don't want to say that's okay because you're creating bad behavior and reinforcing the bad behavior when you say that. One of the things I do hear students say is that's okay, what's a good time to reschedule you? What you could say is, I reserved several valuable appointments for you which you did not keep. The dental hygiene clinic has many patients in need of our valuable services. If you cannot make the time reserved exclusively for you, you may not be a good candidate for our clinic and are advised to seek care from a private dental care facility. Now this situation can be handled quite efficiently when you know you have the support of faculty and the front office manager. And it can be done if a patient is repeatedly breaking appointments or is unreliable. This just causes way too much stress for you guys when you're trying to meet all of your requirements. Now, one final thing I just want to cover is some of the grammar and dental terms that you should be aware of. Instead of saying waiting room, we call it a reception area because we know our patients are waiting there, so we don't want to point it out. Instead of saying you should, we say I recommend. Instead of saying old patient, we say returning patient or patient of record. Instead of saying checkup, we say thorough examination or assessment. Instead of saying pain or hurt, we say discomfort. Instead of saying cancellation, we say change in schedule. Instead of saying I'm calling to remind you, we say I look forward to seeing you. Instead of saying would you like to come in, we say I'm ready to see you. Instead of saying remind, we say verify or confirm. And instead of saying, do you understand? We say, how do you feel about that? There are some words that we should never say. Words like whoops, oops, darn, or I didn't mean to do that. Those are words that you should definitely keep out of your vocabulary when you are providing patient care. Please know that I understand and your faculty understands that phone etiquette and Intimate conversations with your patients can be really difficult to have when you're new at it, especially if you're not used to talking on the phone or leaving messages. All of this can feel very awkward. I would definitely recommend practicing your phone skills with your friends. Call each other and leave messages to confirm appointments on each other's phones. Texting has created a little bit of a barrier for phone etiquette. Sometimes my own kids call me and don't even tell me who they are when I answer the phone. There's this level of expectation that they just think I know exactly who's calling. But I get lots of phone calls within a day. So make it your priority to learn that you say who you are, where you're from, and what the reason for your call is. Ask if this is a good time to speak on the phone with this person because people are busy and you will get a lot more out of the conversation if you actually ask permission to speak with that person further. 
This will all come natural if you purposefully work on it. It gets better and easier with time, just like anything else. You just have to push yourself outside your comfort zone and give it lots of practice and time. You got this. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.